listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Listening to Mutiny Radio. I am your host, Pam Benjamin, the host of Some Call Me Tim. I have mastered it with the thing. There we are, Some Call Me Tim. Time stamping it today, letting you know it is Wednesday, August. Uh, second, it is two o'clock, and I have a special guest here today. I have comedian Justin Curisi. Did I pronounce it correctly? Close enough. Close enough. So you're going to want to get really close to any of the microphones you choose. I was trying to say you can choose any microphone you like, cool. but that? you want to get your mouth right into it. Right here? Right. So you can use this little thing to like adjust to help you. Gotcha. There you go. All Equipment. right. That's great. You don't have to put on the headphones. I find them annoying sometimes because okay. uh, I've, I've got your sound. Just keep it right in there. Justin, we haven't formed, we haven't met in person. No, we haven't. Yeah. Hi, Pam Benjamin. We know some of the same people. We know the people. Well, yeah, we have many friends in common on yeah. on on the FBs. Yeah. Let's see. We have. Oh no, we only have one. We have da- David Stolowitz. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's badass. Well, I I guess I know of many people that comment on your. Right. Yeah. Are you your comedian? I'm really, really, really starting out. So super, I've been, super new. Yeah, I've been doing storytelling for uh, about nine months now as a sort of a yeah, sort of a precursor. I noticed cool. that all the best comedians are great storytellers, also. Right. I've been putting most of my time into that. Just the last few weeks, I've been putting more effort into writing and performing jokes, but I've still only been on stage once for comedy, maybe twelve oh. or thirteen times for storytelling. Okay. Storytelling audiences are interesting because they uh, they're so different. They they're actually there to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different animal. It, totally different. And uh, I used to, I come from a poetry background, so, oh, cool. uh, you know, just pretentious dick bags trying to all be smarter than one Yeah, another. everyone's trying to read more into it than... Right. Or your, yeah, your, ugh, poetry. <laughs> but uh, but now comedy is uh, much more fun. A lot of more, lot more stage time, too. Yeah. Available. Yeah, I'm noticing that. Yeah, for open mics. I'm well, really cool. looking forward to getting, like, enough material to feel confident in it. Yeah. We're, so, when was the first time you went up, you went up? Uh, you know, Bricks? In Oakland, Bricks no, 581. It's way downtown near Jack London. It's so small. It's the lowest pressure open mic I've ever seen. Oh, that's great. Yeah. it's there. I think there were four people on stage. I mean, in the audience when I was on stage. Oh, okay. So, I find that to be more high pressure because if there's less people in the audience, it means yeah, that... I can't tell if they liked it or not. Right. Well, you can't. I mean, it's it's hard to get a read on the room, A, and yeah. um, you have to work harder because there's only like four of them there. Like sometimes yeah. when there's more people... There's just more like ambient laughter. There's more of a crowd thing. It's like mm-hmm. there's only four. You actually have to decide how much eye contact to give pe- each person. Yeah, you get to know people <laughs> yeah, while like you're standing there. Yeah. Hey, so hey, I'm gonna do, do like my jokes joke? to yeah. you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good times. So this show, some call me Tim, is the show where we talk. We, I, me as in we as in me as in the queen. Yeah. Uh, we talk about religion, God. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole concept came about that. 
during this time of anti-Islamophobicism, or I even know what we call it, uh, we sort of decide upheaval. the upheaval right now with some religions against others, and you've got the Jews against the Muslims in the Palestine and in the yeah. Pakistan and in the all the, you've got Muslim v. Muslim, you've got Christian versus Muslim, now we've got Americans versus the, those wacky Muslims. Um, and so the people that subscribe to religions believe in this for whatever reason but there are people who don't believe in religion and they still seem to be moral good people so yeah. that's sort of how I I just wanted to start discussing with people what sure. what they believe and what their background is and and what they think makes a person you know moral good. or good or ethical right or some people, some people would say, "No, I'm not ethical. I'll fuck anybody over." You know, if you right, ask, yeah. if you asked our current president, that. like, what, what? I mean, I don't think he's an ethical person. I think he'd say he was. You I think, think he'd he, say? He I was. think he would tell you, "I'm an ethical person," and then right. go. Not he'd say, me. "I am the most ethical person." Yeah. I am. No one is more. No one is more ethical than I. Yeah, we have the best ethics. Ask anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was just reading recently The 48 Laws of Power. This is my favorite book I've read recently. 48 Laws of Power. Yeah. And it's by Green something. I can't. I never remember the guy's name. Robert Green, maybe. And it's very, it's so Machiavellian, huh. but it's also so practical. And the way that I read it is these are tools that you can use to get power in social situations in your life. Ooh. Yeah, everyone does that. But I'm finding that sometimes, even when you want to be a good person, and when you're working with other good people, sometimes you have to use these tools because you have to just navigate social situations in a certain way. Right. And I think there's a huge amount of gray area in that. Absolutely. Well, so, I mean, I'm the reason that I think I haven't been as successful as I could be with some of my skills is that I am too honest. Yes, <laughs> and I, I don't like to time, be. Yeah. I don't like to be political. And I, in group situations, I'm usually the person that says, "Can we just fucking be honest? Like, you know, what, what's going on here, really?" Mm -hmm. And I've and I've been a terrible person and said, "Hey, I know what's happening right now." I know why you're having a problem. It's because you don't like me and I don't like you. Right, and you put it all out and there. And I put it out there and I say, and no this one is reacts the thing. well. Wait, I say, I what we have to do is we have to work together. Right. Now it's gonna be difficult because you let's get have, down to it. Let's yeah. get down to what the problem is. You don't like me, and because you don't like me, I don't like you. Because you don't respect me and you demean me in social situations, and so it gets sticky. But yeah. if we could just say, hey, we don't have to like each other, but we still have to work for a common goal, Yeah, you can. That's, be, I can get over that. You can work with each other against the problems that you have, right? but only if the other person's capable of it, which is right. what I'm saying is I find a lot of the time they're not, and right. that's what's holding me back in life. I notice a is lot of other people, people are, being stupid. Wow. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> it's um, it's the fact that I think that when when you don't have a lot of self awareness, you're naturally Machiavellian. Right. Because you just reframe everything in terms of whatever favors you. It, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, and when you can general, be honest the, about the it, the general selfishness saying. Yeah. But it's a, there's a difference between saying these are my needs and I need these needs. For, this is how I'm going to fulfill my own needs. Right. Because you're being honest about that. Right. As opposed to saying, this is the way things are. This is the way things are, and you need to act this way. That's what me. I find most people do, right. and I find I have to, I have to learn moves to dance around them because I'm right. like you. I'm naturally like, this is the situation. This Why can't a, you just yeah. admit it? Can't we? Yeah, can't we just all be honest? Yeah. But people hate honesty. They don't want it to be like that. Yeah. I don't know why everyone's afraid of, like, saying. Yeah. When I started being more honest, it feels bad. 
but it feel it you, sometimes you have to do it like so the last three years of my marriage like mm-hmm. I was not in love with my husband yep. and I should have left him way earlier but I've met people that have been in relationships for 15 years and they've been upset for 10 yep. and it's like you just have to be honest with each other and say yeah maybe this isn't maybe maybe no yeah. maybe maybe we can just say this isn't let's not let's not well, yeah, it would be, I mean, you Just know. be honest. I've moved on. If that worked, there would be no marriage counselors. If you could just say, you know, if you could hand out a five-page pamphlet saying, just be honest with each other. It's a really, it's a really difficult skill that you have to cultivate, isn't it? I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't even think it's, for me, it's not a skill that I have to cultivate. It's a problem that I need to remedy. Like, I need to right. learn how to be less upfront with yeah that's one of the the one of the rules that i have a friend who makes the same face you did every time Mm. i tell her about the 48 laws of power Mm. the one that i have the hardest time following is uh think as you like but behave like others oh wow yeah oh god right and i don't like that at all everyone has that same reaction to it but how is that different from what we're saying right now is that sometimes people simply aren't ready to handle the truth and so you have to know what's going on and just act like them anyway uh, I think that that I don't agree with that because then you're saying that their incorrect behavior is okay right it's like here's well, the thing okay. let me let me say it like this uh, as comedian to comedian sure. if anyone okay you laughter is a genuine thing like it's something that can't be faked right. if you tell someone they're good when they're not good mm-hmm. then you're fucking them over. Right. Like if you have a shitty set and you come up to me and you say, Pam, what did you think? And I go, great you set, yeah. killed it. That was great. Maybe I liked that helping, joke. Yeah. I'm not helping. I'm hurting you. Right. Because you have to recognize your own failure. Yeah. You can't, there's a problem I have with what we do with children now is everyone gets a fucking participation trophy. Yeah. And your effort was so good. You know what? Your effort wasn't good enough. I was, when I was little, that's what made me into the person I am today and being excelling at multiple things is that I failed a lot and people told me when I failed. That's my problem. No one told me when I failed and so I never figured out what I was good at and what I wasn't. So you thought you were a special little snowflake like everyone else in San Francisco. I'm good at everything. Yeah, they told me you can just go for whatever you want and you'll be good at it because you're smart but I really lacked a lot of skills in the field that I went for. Wow. So I went and I got this four-year degree that I just didn't have the personality for and I'm like really still having a lot of trouble finding work in it. Wow. What is it, tech? Communication. Communication. Yeah. I'm I'm not a natural communicator because, you know, I'll, I'll tell people the truth. Like, I want but to you're doing, to, this, is, this, is, this is antithetical from what you just came in and said. You do storytelling and now you're going to be a stand-up comedian. Right, because I'm working on my weaknesses. Oh, that is a weird way to come about it. <gasps> so you didn't come to comedy because you love being on stage and you love, and you didn't come to stage... I kind of do. I've always dreamt about being a comedian, but I've also known that I have a really hard time getting my ideas across to people, which is why it took me until now to start. Huh. I, I tried music first. I tried, uh, you know, technology. I got good at Photoshop. I tried to see if I could be a graphic designer. I tried things that I could do at home alone first. Huh. And none of those resulted in a lucrative career, so now I have time to try this. And you're a Lyft driver. 
Uh, well, no, I yeah. was being facetious. Is it true? Oh, yeah. I've been, okay, I thought it was. I was totally making that up. No, I've given seven thousand Lyft and Uber rides. <gasps> wow. Yeah. You're counting them. Well, I they I don't have to. They tell me. Oh, they I have a running count total, yeah. for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do they give you a prize when you get to ten thousand? They give you a prize when you get to one thousand. I have a coat. A coat. I have a a, a Lyft themed. Um, what do they call it? A shell, like a one of those shell, little yes. shell coats, those rain-resistant, water-resistant. And it's got a little pink lift tag on it. Oh my goodness! You, yeah. well then, if, well that's you. Do you communicate with people in your car? Sometimes. Do you, Sometimes it doesn't go well. Oh really? Sometimes I've upset people. Yeah. Why are you kidding? Because you talk to them? Because I'll tell them what I think. About what? Just what's the, what their lives are and what their jobs are. And there was one guy once who, I don't want to say this because it's really political, but he said something, he quoted some statistic that I know is extreme bullshit. False false news? Fake news? Well, fake news! Fake news! It's not just that it's fake news, it's that it's it disregards the way that statistics are used. So it's oh, okay. a, it's an actual statistic, but it's you can lie well, about Well, there's lies, statistics. And yeah. I wanted to just say you motherfucker yeah. but instead I just said oh yeah that sucks man you know that's so terrible uh, and I just did because I didn't want him fight I didn't want him to give me one star right and that's what I was just saying earlier is that yeah think pretend like, to be behave like yes others. like I have a hard time like doing that like others yeah well I act sometimes I'm sometimes I'm acting Mm-hmm. In my own life, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I, I find myself prefer, doing it more than I'm comfortable with. Uh, right. I, if it starts happening, I sort of recognize it and try to stop it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying lately to be... If I'm not being authentic, then I just don't say anything. Yeah. Like, I try not to add... If I'm out, like, in a social situation... I, I spend a lot of time in bars. But if I'm out mm-hmm. at a social situation at a bar and I don't have anything genuine or authentic to add mm-hmm. I just sit quietly and that's been a new thing for me because I usually just keep going and going and going and going yeah. so I can of, do that at in social situations a lot better than where money is on the line money is on the line right because if you're driving someone money is on the line yeah. so you have or, to keep them happy or if I'm hanging out with a group of people that I'm expecting job opportunities from right how many what what are the do you do snacks in your car to lure the happiness or oh no no snacks no I've never done that good I just try to be pleasant who puts chips in the back of their you already have to wash your car once a week you gotta put chips in in the back I had to wipe uh, pepperoni and sauce off the back of my car once what a jerk they came in with pizza they came well they asked me to stop so they could get pizza and I said I don't know you're gonna make a mess no we won't make a mess and they did of course they made a mess I did that I made that mistake twice then I picked up a couple of drunk girls in Oakland and they wanted me to go to McDonald's. Drunk bitches. Yeah, and they left all, you know. All their trash. They left all the shit in the back seat. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I just, I'm a You're not their mother. You're just their chauffeur. Yeah. Uh, So I didn't ask, I usually open the show with, do you believe in Jesus? Um, That's really, that's a really fragmented sort of answer that I'm going to have to give you because I don't, I'm not, there's a lot of debate about whether or not Jesus existed, what his mm-hmm. name was and who he was and what he did, but my sense of the Jesus character is that this is a very Apollonian figure, that whether or not he was a real man, there's definitely some exaggeration if he was real. I don't, mm-hmm. I because I've never, I haven't ever seen anyone walk on water or make bread from nothing, so I'm, skep- sure, I'm sure. skeptical. I don't believe anything that doesn't pass my skepticism. If he was a real guy, I think he probably just was a wise man who knew how to change consciousness. Huh, all right. And if he wasn't, I think he's just an Apollonian archetype that people rally themselves around because that exists in all of us. 
So I think what you're asking is, do I believe in him in the sense of like, am I a Christian? Sure. Well, all of that. That was an amazing answer. You just said that yeah. you don't communicate ideas well, but that was like spot on. Sure. Like he, you talked about him as an allegorical character yeah. as a, and also as if he was a real person. You. That's, that's the thing about me is that I, I communicate ideas well. I don't communicate emotionally well. People get mad at me a lot. There's a difference? Oh, oh absolutely. There's, it's a difference between facts and feelings. So I'm all facts. And I'll tell people facts and I'll tell people facts they don't like about themselves. Are you on the spectrum? I think so. I've never okay. been tested for it, but everyone, okay. everyone says that. Because uh, people on the spectrum, it's that they don't... Here's the thing. You, you're not connecting with your own feelings, so you're thinking you're not communicating feelings. But you just... The, yeah. In the communication of what you just said about Jesus, that all conveys how you feel. Right. Right. You, I think it's you aren't having a connection with your own feelings, so yeah. you think that you aren't connecting feelings with other people. Yeah, but, so it's like I don't know how people are going to respond emotionally. So I say something right. and it makes people really, really mad. You, so you that happens to you sometimes. You don't mean yeah. to make them mad. Yeah. So like you say, what you say, what you say something that's too honest, like that they that they need to brush their teeth or well, that no, there's a big like, piece of spinach in the. In college, I went to a party. Um, this couple invited me over for a party, and one of them was a devout Catholic. And I just said, well, I hope you don't give any money to the church. It's like it supports pedophiles. And <gasps> that's she absolutely just, true. Yeah, and it's true because you cannot support the organization that supports the pedophile priest because they hide it, and they're, mm -hmm. it's awful. It's yeah, like, no, horrible. I watched The Keepers. Uh, yeah, thank you, Netflix. For it was a nightmare that that happened at all, never mind for decades, and they yeah. still haven't done anything about it. Sure. So I just said, the, I understand if you have the belief, but I hope you're not giving them anything. Because that's contributing to that. And she just lost it. And I got kicked out of the party. She said, no, I don't do that. No, you can't be here. Wow. Well, that's not you. That's her. Well, sure. Because that's you her touched being a irrational. Nerve. Well, you touched a nerve because she knows it's true and she doesn't want to be faced with the truth. But, but that's why they say don't talk religion and politics. Aha. Uh -huh. Exactly. Because it was her house. Yeah. But still, I that's would, an extreme I would example, say that. I would say the same. I would say the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing, and and but it's because you're woke, and they don't want to be woke. It's the same thing if you you know if you tell if you have a if you show people sometimes what's happening, they get they get upset. Same yeah. thing with Trump. Yeah. Uh, like Jesus. Like Jesus. Well, yeah. What a divisive figure when he shouldn't right. be. He was all about like love, joy, peace. He's and supposed to be. Yeah. Being friendly with your bro. You so know, in like, that sense, yeah, I do believe in that, and I try to emulate that as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, so uh, were you raised religious? Did you? Have I any? was raised religious. I, when I was very young, I remember fighting with my Jewish friends because oh. they didn't believe in the real God. <gasps> wow. I was kind of the same way. I broke up with a guy when I was a freshman in college because I started getting back into Jesus. Yeah. And he was Jewish. Yeah. And I said, uh, I. I, I just don't see this going anywhere because we could never get married because you're right, Jewish. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, and now I look back at that and I'm like, you close-minded freak. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that I said that to a person. I know. That's so, when you look back, you, you got to let that go though, because yeah. in 10 years, you're going to look back at yourself now and do the same thing. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's just wherever you are now, where you were before is embarrassing. Right. <laughs> it's, I, I, but everything, oh my God, I've done so many embarrassing things. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to do more. They burn oh. it off. They burn it off faster. The more you bomb on stage, the more you know what not to do. Oh, I didn't mean on stage. I just meant well, in my whatever. life. I do fine on stage. The more you bomb but in life. It's like, yeah, it's woof. But yeah, every day, you yeah. learning. It's easier to learn from mistakes than or learn from uh, triumphs. Yeah, because again, people will just, every, especially in California, everyone will just say, oh, great job. 
Right. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's a special fucking snowflake. It's so much harder out here to know who likes you and who doesn't, because everyone will say they do. And people are... I think... I can't decide if Northern California or Southern California is more flaky, which is more That's flaky. That's hard to tell because it's for different reasons. It's, yeah. But out here, they've internalized it, and down there, it's because of where it can get you. Well, down there, it seems like people are flaky. They'll be like, oh my God, it's so great to see you. Give me your number. I'll totally give you a call. We'll do something tomorrow. You're never going to do anything with that person. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. You make plans. with You know the plans aren't plans. Right. When people say they're going to do something, they're just saying it. They're not actually saying it. Right. Whereas... In San Francisco, I feel like... That happens to me more here than it did in New York or Connecticut. How is... uh, New York, huh? New York City? Yeah, I lived in Brooklyn. Were you an Uber driver in New York City? No, I was a non-driver. I had a work-from-home job doing... I actually worked at a spiritual uh, company. What does that mean, a spiritual company? They they teach courses on spiritual development. So they do enlightenment meditation and... um, there's uh, someone called um, Gene Houston, someone named Gene Houston, who actually was, I, if I if I have the story right, she was the first person and the only person ever to have a legal supply of LSD. Ooh. And she experimented with it and she lived in Haight-Ashbury. Wow. And she now teaches a mystery school in the mountains between Greece and Italy. Wow. Uh, and Mystery school? Yeah. She teaches people enlightenment in, you know, in the mountains in Europe. She's, she's a really uh, interesting character. Um, and she has work about, I'll give you an example. One of her practices has to do with getting, you know, you get yourself into a meditative state, you do breath work, right. and then you move your arms, but you also imagine you have another set of arms and you move them in a contradictory way. Whoa! So you keep, you, you're training your mind to track more things at once. Okay. So she's got lots of exercises like this that are really mind expanding if you do them like exercises. Sure. And, um. Discipline. This, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, this company taught a lot of things like that, and a lot of things that I didn't have as much respect for. You worked for a spirit. Okay, you said then that's the point you didn't have respect for. Now, did you believe in it? Well, I believe in the things that I do and that you, they work. You believe in the things you believe in, and the other things that didn't work, you're like, ah, don't yeah, believe in it. Here's here's how my belief structure works. Because okay. we, uh, you, you mentioned this earlier when you posted about whatever I believe, right? Right, exactly. So what I believe has to come through experience. I don't. I just don't take anything on faith except for that anything is possible. So like you don't believe in aliens because you haven't seen them, That's but you right. believe in the possibility that they could be out Yeah, there. and uh, the more that I think about it and look into it, the more I feel like it's likely that they're around, that they kind of, you know, they're sort of like nudging us every once in a while, sure. but I don't have any way to say, yeah, I believe in that. So because you haven't, just, you haven't seen yeah, haven't it with your own eyes. You haven't, yeah, you just haven't shaken hands with an alien. You haven't like set up a, you haven't done it with an iPhone or you haven't right. seen one, whatever. Right, yeah. right, right, okay. exactly. Okay. So everything's got to come through experience. And when you come to spiritual beliefs, that's, that's really difficult because there's no external thing to point to to base your belief system on. Right. So you have to do the work. But you there to... can be. Sometimes people have like miraculous God-changing thing. You know what I mean? Like Sure, they... but like let's say that... Well, can you give an example? So, for example... Uh, I watched The Secret last week, right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I and it worked. I already right. did a thing. They right. said, "Oh, change one small thing. What do you want? What do yeah. you want? Be specific." Yeah. And so the I The Secret is correct about one thing. One thing at a time or one thing total? One th- I think it's just correct about one thing total. There's a lot of criticism of The Secret in this group I run in called Integral Theory. Like you we'll, you yeah. only you get to do it once and that's it. No, no, no. I think it's just correct about the fact that what is in your mind is more likely to become real. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But it told me at the end or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. pick one thing. And so I said, you know, I, and it's so, it's so vain of me, but I had gained, I had gained five pounds and I, I had this new little, like mm-hmm. when I was sitting down, I had this new little like fat yeah, thingy I know. and I'm, I know I'm 42 and, and, and I've been really thin all my life and I've had a really pretty flat stomach. And when I got this new sort of ripple, yeah. it was upsetting me. And so I, I was very specific with the whatever universe they say. And I said, yeah. I did their whole thing. I, I've been breathing. I got a, I got a gratitude rock and mm-hmm. I've been ha- being, I've been having gratitude oh, and thinking cool. positive thoughts yeah. every time I, and, and switching my perspective from instead of things people aren't doing for me, but instead of the things that they aren't doing for me, I think of the things people are doing for me. Right. And that's yeah, been that's really a changing. a lot more helpful. Yeah. And then, I've been doing this thing where I was like, well, every time I think about it, about, you know, being that five pounds and five pounds thinner, I've been like just tensing my stomach muscles and just mm-hmm. even doing that, like did it. Yeah. It adds more energy to your life, doesn't it? It was weird. Yeah. It worked. And I, it's only been a week and I just, and I was like, okay, secret, <laughs> you dumb movie, yeah. but it's real. And now I feel like, and I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I mean. It's like, that's, you've got to, you've got to try it, see if it works. Right. Oh, I'm like, oh shit. What I think what I think is real and I do create my own universe and that, yeah. and that's, that's a real thing. And, and whatever you are thinking about and tr- thinking about attracting is what comes to you. So if you think about all the to people that are being extent, dicks yeah. to you, yeah. then all you're going to see is all the people being dicks to you. Right. Yes, that is true. Yeah. So that was just, just a perspective shift of it alone. It was like, yeah, kind of religious. It was like a religious experience yeah. in, in that, like, Oh, this, but there are other concepts out there other than Jesus that work for people. And that's oh, absolutely. interesting to me because I hadn't really opened my brain. So you said integral studies? Integral theory. Integral yeah. theory. Yeah. Integral Mind, theory. body, spirit? Is that what integral theory is about? It's really, really complicated. Okay. So it's <laughs> this guy named Ken Wilber invented this whole map of human consciousness. It's got five aspects to it, quadrants, levels, line states, and types. And you can further break those down into Enneagram, Myers-Briggs. Oh, Myers-Briggs. Um, I know Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. Uh, personality gotcha. typology. Yeah. The, the Enneagram is the one that we formally studied, which is it's got a spiritual aspect to it, which differentiates it from Myers-Briggs. Uh, my favorite part of integral theory, the one that blew my mind the most, was the uh, the levels, which is developmental consciousness, developmental okay. psychology. Right, right, right. With the Piaget and the, and yeah, the levels yeah. of uh, yeah. with kids, they've got the oral, anal, blah, 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 and they've right. got all the stages. And, uh-huh. and so what I discovered is, first of all, it goes so far beyond what Piaget thought was the final stage. Mm-hmm. His final stage is Wilbur's fifth stage out of nine discovered. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, I'm the, so happy you know who Piaget is. I when I throw oh, yeah. out terms like that, people look at me like oh. I did my homework. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Piaget was Piaget was on point. Um, and Freud uh, made Ugh, the mistake. I hate of, that guy. Yeah, everyone hates him, but it, you can stop hating him if you just realize that he made the mistake of thinking that the second level was the whole chain. Oh. So he t- spoke about everything in terms of sexuality right. and in terms of the consciousness that bonds one person to another, mm-hmm. which is uh, if that's the maximum level that you've reached, you're likely to be uh, living in an Amazon tribe somewhere. People well, he also people. he also hated women and didn't think that we were people. Oh, sure. So that was the problem I had with him. Yes. Is that the whole thing different. is that... I thought you is that, No, he was talking yeah. about... Basically, he said that clitoral orgasms are infantile and that you're not a real woman until, <laughs> yeah, you, have, was, yeah. until you have a vaginal orgasm, right. which is like basically saying, 
hey, rape your wives all the time right. because their their pleasure is meaningless and isn't isn't real because infantilized. He literally said right. that, yeah. and it's like, how dare you? You know what? We can have two orgasms. That makes us better. You fucking. German dick bag. Yeah, lots of. Well, he loved dicks. He wanted a whole bag of dicks, and he said that women wanted a whole bag of dicks too. I didn't know. Well, that. because it was the whole women have penis envy. They just, and that's the whole thing is that like, a, yeah. the clitoris was like. I mean, it is a tiny penis, but he wasn't giving it, it credit, it, and he's a, right. He did a lot of cocaine. Wow. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure there's more. <laughs> more? No, no, no. That's I'm I'm done talking about Freud. Yeah, Freud. Freud <laughs> you can keep, you keep. I forget where we were, but yeah. No. Oh, it's Piaget levels. You went to Freud, the second level. He stopped that because it was specifically right, 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 sexually. Right, right, right. Yeah. So lots of people have gotten a piece of the puzzle, right. and Wilbur made an attempt to get the whole puzzle. Nine levels. Yeah, nine levels and potentially more, and then not just the levels, but the different types of. Uh, intelligence like mathematical emotional right etc there's 12 main lines uh and then quadrants which are like first second third person perspective and then the fourth quadrant is third person plural oh wow which is like systematic sure yeah so when you look through how that, you work in a system i am terrible at that fourth yeah. quadrant i suck at yeah unless i create my own system right if i'm in someone else's system mm, I better be really, really, I got to buy in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be, if you wanted to look at your life through that level, you would be a type of person who doesn't fit into like hierarchies and structures. And that would be your, that would be your fourth quadrant fit. Right. I'm like, I don't mean to be an anarchist, but I always am. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be part. Sometimes when everyone's doing something in a group, I'm like, fuck this group. Fuck all you. Look at you idiots doing the same thing. Yeah. You're all doing the same thing at the same time. And now I'm not like you. Right. And now I'm like, you know, give me some stage time. Look, you're all standing. Right. But um, that's my, it's always been an issue. I, I've sometimes, not that I hate the group, what they're doing, but because they're doing it as a group, I'm going to be like. You might I, be a. I, I stigmatize them. Like, eh. You might be a type four enneagram. Maybe that's very characteristic of them. Because whenever everyone's doing the same thing, you have to distinguish yourself. Right. I do that too. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like that movie Ants when the Woody Harrelson character, not Woody Harrelson, Woody Allen, and they're all yeah. dancing the same way, and he's like, "No, let's dance this way." Yeah. Yeah. You want to be different, and then everyone changes to be like you and then you go oh i I don't want to before it was cool exactly yeah 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 before it was cool yeah so um how did you get into this um integrated studies thing unemployment so i was uh i got laid off from my writing job in 2008 like right after the crash or right Right. before the crash i don't remember exactly when it happened were you writing copy what were you writing uh i was writing for the 2008 election so i was writing for democrats all over the country yeah Mm -hmm. What a weird job. Cool. It was, yeah, it was really strange. I was just in this freezing cold office just writing, uh, you know, those annoying little cards you get in the mail with some gray old guy's face on it. And it says, I'm going to do this, this and this for the community. And then sure. they don't. Right. Well, I just wrote a thousand of those. Wow. Yeah. So you're like a politician. Well, I'm a, you're, you're I'm the write, mouth. You're I'm a writer. Writer. politicians. Yeah, yeah I, I called a few of them up and I said, this is what I think we should do with the facts and the words. And, you know, it, it's it's such so sleazy. None of them care whether or not the things on the card are true. Very few. Wow. I would, shouldn't say none because some of them really, really did care uh-huh. and they didn't want to run negative campaigns. But then my boss, the owner of the company, just said, we're not going to work with you. You're not going to run a negative. Campaign. <gasps> they like negative campaigns. They work. They work. They work. Right. So he doesn't. My opponent doesn't use deodorant and smells like patchouli. The worst thing that my company did was they, uh, in Montana, some state congressman or state rep or someone, he changed some law to make 
chemicals more available, like particular kinds of chemicals, and it turns out you could theoretically use them to make crystal meth. No! And so the <laughs> card that they sent out was, he wants to make crystal meth legal. Wow. That was a big that's, spin. That's a big spin. You're yeah. a spinner. You were a spinner. I spun. Wow. So in, 2000, in 2008, you, you were a spinner, and in 2008... It disappeared. You're on unemployment. Yeah, so and I'm, rather than just collect fun employment, you no, decide to better yourself. I did collect fun employment. But I you was, bettered yourself at the, same, at the time same time instead of just sitting on the couch I, watching the old Star Trek. That's right. I was uh, unemployed. <laughs> that sounds that like too. fun. Maybe I should have done that. Yeah. That's what um, most people do on unemployment for like two years. They just watch. Yeah. They like, they you know, they get to grips with Coppola or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they decide Catch to up on the old Sopranos. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did. I was on unemployment for 99 weeks. They extended it, and I just got up to all the reading I never got to do in college because uh-huh. I was busy. And I read, read Sun Tzu's Art of War, and I read sure. uh, this Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking, and then I got this. There's this most pretentious book I've ever seen. It's, it was called A Theory of Everything, and I'm <laughs> like, who's what? do you mean by that? And yeah. I pull it off the shelf and the guy on the cover looks even more pretentious. And I'm like, I got to see what this guy has to say. Sure, sure. And I start flipping through it about 20 pages in. I'm like, I th- didn't know anyone else thought like this. Huh. So it was, it, he sort of reels you in with this, and it's a theory of everything. And then you start reading it and you go, oh, oh, it kind of is. Oh, because wow. Because it frames everything within this framework. Sure. And that's what I had been trying to do. And now I had the language. Right. So I studied it at the collegiate level. Wow. I went and I got a degree in it from wow. JFK in Pleasant Hill. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and it's trained me to think very, very differently about life. Okay, so that is an amazing thing that yeah. you were on unemployment and you just went back to school. Mm-hmm. No, most people would be like, that wouldn't be a, a thought that they were like, yeah. oh, this is the opportunity to go actually just, learn something. I had to do Like it. a graduate degree. Yeah, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to learn about this. Yeah. Wow. So I took so, and then you, it, how long was the program? It was a, a two and three quarters year master's degree, but I only stayed for one year and got a certificate. So oh, okay. It's a, com- it's a complete certificate. I didn't earn the master's. Um, I really missed out on a lot of those classes. One of the ones I was looking forward to was shadow work, which is my favorite thing. Shadow work? Yeah, you, you familiar with it? No, you shadow people? What are you... <laughs> well, well, kind of. I, I, I'm not sure how it relates to the occult aspect of shadow, but... It has to do with looking into the parts of yourself that you don't know are there. Huh. This is my very favorite thing, because I, I, that's why I, to, to bring it back parts around. Parts that you don't know are there. The parts of you that you don't know exist, yeah. So if you, for example, oh, here's the example not I Not physically, not like, I've never seen my appendix, but I know no, it's there. No, like the, the, your psyche. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. So... <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, like, the example I always give is, do you remember that guy who was close with the Bush administration, who was a right-wing evangelical Christian, and he kept getting caught with gay prostitutes? And he sure. Kept, and he kept saying homosexuality is bad, and he was publicly decrying it, but privately sure. immersed in it. Right. So, how do you explain that? How can he live both of those lives? Right. Because well, how can you lie to yourself so fully right. that you believe your well? Because you believe your own lies. If you believe that's what, yeah. and that's what I'm saying is right. that he believed his own lies because he didn't accept or understand that homosexuality is sort of something that occurs in people. He thought it was a choice everyone was making. So, but he then thought, he thought he was making that choice, and that made him a bad sinful. Yeah, sinful, and then he and had to go repent. get forgiveness. And right. he thought everybody felt the same way as him and had the same temptations. And so that's his shadow. He doesn't know about himself. 
that he's different in that way. That he's gay. Right. And so he frames everything in this way that he right, was raised right, right, because right. he doesn't want to admit sure. that his beliefs are not Wow. You know, so correct. what are the shadow parts of yourself? Yeah. God, see, I the thing is- I spent a lot of time on that. Because, I, I mean, I know all the things that are bad. I know I'm a narcissist. I know that, like, mm-hmm. I'm- I know some of the things that are bad about me. If I ever know them all, I might, I don't know, I might be a different person. Because how can you know if you don't know if you know that you don't know? That you right. Know? Wow. Exactly. And unless other people tell you, but when other yeah. people tell me things... They might be just fucking with you. They might be lying. They might be... Well, and it's when... It's funny because I can only hear it from certain people. Like, my boyfriend will tell me something. Mm-hmm. And I just won't even hear it right. until someone else says it. And then I go, oh, and I go back oh, to him and yeah, say it. And he'll say, I told you that already. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't believe it because it was from you. Right. Somehow I can't hear it from you. Yeah. Like the way that our relationship works. I think you're just using it for some other reason. Right. Right. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it or I just it don't even hear it. Sometimes I don't even, mm-hmm. I'm listening. It's just static. But yeah, sometimes I just don't hear it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that happens. Why I selectively hear things that yeah. I want to or don't want to hear. It's like, you know, you can delude yourself and so many, that's my, that's the thing I've been looking into lately is, am I completely delusional? Yeah. Like why do stand up comedy? I've changed my life and now I'm like, I call myself a stand up comedian, you know, yeah. and I've changed everything and how I live my life and how I'm up late. And you know, I'm going to go to, I don't know. I'm going to try to hit four open mics tonight. Yeah. Why not? Because right. my boyfriend's out of town, so I don't have to worry about it. I can hit legitimately four open mics tonight, and I'm pretty stoked on can that. Can you do that in one night? Heck yeah. Wednesday? Okay, so on Wednesday, I'll just give you the rundown. You start cool. at Eagle. Uh-huh. It's a 545 sign up. It's with Colin Holt. It's you great. You have to email me on these. Oh, yeah. It's on Bacon. Oh, but it awesome. goes from six to eight. But then right down the street is Brainwash. Brainwash know, has a six o'clock sign up for a 6.30 to nine o'clock show. Then you've got here at Mutiny Radio, you've got Trish and Dan face Oblivion from eight to 10. Okay. And then you've got Iron and Gold with Zane Barrett up at 30th Street mm-hmm. and uh, 30th and Mission. But for me, because I'm Pam Benjamin on Special, yeah. I can get special privileges, signups on all four of those. So I can mm. legitimately hit all four on public transportation without sweating too hard. And I'll leave here at like six. I'll go to Eagle and I'll go to Brainwash. Then I'll go to, back to here and then I'll go That's up there. That's a workout. And I'll, I'll hit them all and yeah. it'll be great. And that's, but, but there's the thing. Okay, so here I am working at all these things. Mm-hmm. Like whatever's, I keep telling myself all this all the time, but then it negates the secret because the secret says do what you, positive think and do what you want, to, yeah. what you think you want. And I'm sitting here going, I'm a stand-up comedian, but it's more like, I'm a stand-up comedian. Who the hell do I think I am? Yeah, going to like, come on. You gotta. There has to be internal resonance with the things you tell yourself, or they won't manifest. Right. So it's, but it's one of those things where like, I'm like, I've been doing it for six years, but. Comedians don't really. Nothing happens until you've been doing it for ten years. Honestly. Like, well, it depends. If you're, it, it if you depends. are a prodigy, uh, I was just listening to John Mulaney the other day because I'm trying to write jokes like he does, uh. um, and so I'm like deconstructing all his jokes and seeing how he just tells a really boring story but hangs hilarious jokes on it. Sure, sure. And that's a, like a great shortcut, and he's right. you know he's doing great. And he said that he started going on the road and making money right away. Really? Yeah. But he's especially talented. Like, Louis yeah. C.K. took him a really long time. Yeah, he wrote Pootie Tang. Yeah. And directed yeah. it. Yep. 
And that was way before. He had a show on HBO like way early in the day that what didn't get. Yeah, Lucky liked. Louie. Yeah. And that was with Pam, his friend, who right. was the same who did, voiced Bobby Hill. So like all he's been working forever, and no yeah. one. And now, of course, he's the biggest. Yeah, he just ever, made a change. Yeah. How did that? Suddenly, it just sort of. It so, took. He worked so long and so hard. Yeah, and it just finally. He worked. said at one point he was just sick of screwing around and doing the same material, and he said he was going to come up with a new hour every year. Oh. And and that's apparently very hard to do. Oh. And I can see that because it's it's hard. It's not hard for me to write five minutes, but <laughs> it's hard for me to write five minutes that are good. Oh, interesting. So I'll write five minutes and I'll, I'll go, you know, I went up and I did five minutes and I feel like maybe one minute of it was salvageable. Really? Yeah. I just didn't, you know, I was only How many punchlines did you have? I don't know. I'm not, I should count. So I do, I, I, when the first time you go up, so you'll go up again, but the first time yeah. you go up to comedy, right. five punchlines is three minutes. Okay. So, and never tell a story unless you have five punchlines. For you, that's what you should do. You should write a story and put five punchlines in it. Short story, yeah. But I actually like to write jokes. Um, I call it a 10, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a story joke, but there's there's three parts. There's the beginning, middle, and end. Mm -hmm. But within that beginning, middle, and end, there's a setup. There's a punch, punch, punch. Basically, so it's like story, story, punch, story, story, punch, story, story, punch. Beginning is done. Second part of the story, 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 punch, story, story, punch, or line, line, punch, line, punch, line, punch. Yeah. Middle of the story. Yeah. And then at the end, punch, punch, punch. And then there's a final punch at the end. So it, there's a, I call it a 10. Yeah. So it's like a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one. Yeah. Okay. And that's how I tell a story oh, because it, it helps me. I used to write novels and stuff so I can think of story, you know, as mm-hmm. a, I think of story arc anyways. It's kind yeah. of, story arc is kind of natural to me. I yeah. don't have to think about it that hard, but that's kind of how my story jokes come out are, are this structurally one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three punch. But so that way, structure. but that way, if you have a three minute story, you have 10 punchlines in three minute story. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm trying to work on squeezing more punchlines into my stories. Uh, yes. when, when I go do storytelling, I try to make them as funny as possible. Absolutely. Which is difficult because a lot of my stories are dark. A lot. My last one that I told on stage was about my girlfriend going off her meds, and I found out, surprise, surprise, that she was like mildly schizophrenic. Oh wow! And I had to deal with her living with me, not having a job, and that feel- sounds very funny. Well, it, it was the way that I put it. But right. It was also like she had to go to the mental, you know, right? It's very and, yeah. It's you know yeah yeah. So. I'm, well, my best storytelling jokes are like uh, gross. I have one about my, uh, I used to have a, a, a moon cup or a diva cup. You know, it's a piece of silicone yeah. that you put up in your cervix and it collects yeah. all the blood. And the handle fell off and it was trapped inside me. And I had to go to my ex-boyfriend because he was, he was uh, familiar with the crash site. Right. And ha- the story of him, like... It's a long how story. To... How do we tried kitchen tongs with like plastic bags on them to try to speculum and grabbing things it's too slippery. It was nuts. Mm. Um, but the whole, it's a crazy story. Yeah. But it's like, it's so gross, but there's so many punchlines and it's, it works I, out. I had a gross story too that got the, the most laughs I ever got in five minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I want to tell it. I don't know if I'm a gross kind of comic. Oh. I don't know. You know, but you do do it all. You're just gonna have to think about comedy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see. It's repetition, how I like repetition, it, yeah. repetition. It's 
it's going on a Wednesday and hitting four open mics and doing the same do jokes yeah. at all the mics because then so when I was first starting out as a comic I used to I used to roll with two guys um, Jason Dove and Alex Q. Huffman and he had in his um, car he had a little thingy where we could plug our mp3 players into so we all had our little ipoddy things and we'd record our sets and then when we were driving from one open mic to the next we all listened to each other's sets Mm. so that we'd hear our set and then we'd get to the next place and we'd do it again and we'd record it and then we'd talk about it on the way or whatever and you'd see how the grew or we'd give each other pointers it was like a little workshop in the car yeah that's that's, uh, uh, what do you call that intensive Right, it's an but it was intensive workshop. Every but we week, would yeah. go, so we would. But on like a Monday, we'd hit five mics and we'd drive around and we'd do it and just keep doing the same jokes. So I mean, I th- that first year I was hitting a minimum of ten open mics a week. That's minimum. Great. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's I'm easy. Hoping here. to get into that. Yeah, just, there's there's plenty of time. Plus, even at the station, I do joke workshop on Monday from mm-hmm. six to eight, and you do four minute sets, and then you get four minutes of commentary okay. from your people oh, in the awesome, audience. Yeah. So it's it's like it is a joke workshop it's like yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. graduate school for comedy but because there is none there's right. like no doesn't there exist. should be there should, it is an art it's a legitimate yeah, art I feel like it M.A. and humor right yeah. it's an it's an art and it's not stand up comedy is not you, they don't teach it in college there's no you know there's no structure there's no form right it's the wild west it's the wild west and it but we know it exists we can but we could we could talk about jokes you could I get i think it's too ironic to take comedy that seriously <laughs> but you the thing is people are not but you should okay if i was to get if i was to make up the curriculum to get a ba in comedy there would be theater classes yeah. there would be dance classes there would be dance, interesting okay. movement classes yeah. there would be performance art there would be poetry yeah. there would be a little fiction because you mime. want to learn story art there'd be some mime yeah. there'd be the history of comedy commedia dell'arte you'd talk about the whole slapstick comedy where that came from yeah. the history of it you'd have you'd have a part of it comedic movies like you'd have if you were going to get a ba in stand up comedy you That's could what I easily done. I, I know I would have done it done too. Than communications. Right, exactly. It's it's super similar though. Like you could it's basically a performance art degree but specifically in Yeah, and it's useful looking at humor will sometimes pay you to write comedy. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be I can easily think of what the curriculum would be and what classes you'd have to take at the college level yeah. to get an actual degree in comedy. I can feel it, yeah. Yeah, it would be, I mean, you still have to take your science and you'd still have to take, and you'd take physics for poets or whatever, you know, instead of like <laughs> the hard physics. Yeah, Or you take, physics. you know, like, yeah, you take light physics. Bio for, you know, poets or whatever, bi- yeah. bio for comics. Yeah. And, uh, and learn how things grow, like how jokes grow. Anyways, yeah. I'm off topic. So back to your beliefs. Oh, sure. Well, how did we get there? There's I, too many steps. Yeah, we're flying well, around. Well, we, we began with, I think what you began with is the way that the world's sort of falling apart and fragmenting. Yeah. Right? So what that has to do with is, um, and I don't want to say this too authoritatively because this is something I've been doing that's been getting me in trouble lately, but I'm pretty, I'm in, in my opinion, I'm supposed to say, I have people coaching me, in my opinion, right. um, I think this is due to the, our newest wave of psychological development. Our culture in North America, in Europe in particular, is, is moving from Wilbur's fifth to sixth level. Okay. And what that means is a breakdown in the way that we view things from being objective to being subjective. So something that people have begun to say recently that wasn't true in the 50s and 60s, except for a very few academics, is that everything is just the way you see it. 
before level six when you're at level five, and I'm not using these terms correctly, Wilbur would say green and orange. Green is the sixth stage. It's sort of like the chakra system. Okay. Sixth, or like the rainbow. Course. Yeah, like the rainbow. Because <laughs> you go from green, well, you go from green to yellow to orange, but... Yeah, it's, his system is not the, not the rainbow. Okay. It's, um, well, you know, it's complicated. Yeah, absolutely. But, um... Wilbur. Uh-huh. Wilbur. I yeah, makes Wilbur. me think of Charlotte's Web. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, so fifth to sixth level. So we as a society are moving from so, green. Yeah, the, all everyone's going to college, and in college, what they're doing is they're teaching you to think at this high level. But unfortunately, what there's something that is not. There's something about this level of thinking that dissolves everything that came before it, because mm. it's very flat. It reduces every way of thinking to being different but equal, which isn't really true. Hmm. Because the lower levels build on each other to come up to the higher levels. So by the time you get up to this sixth stage, you are, you know, smart enough and wise enough, you have the perspective enough to say, this is the way I see it, that's the way you see it, there's no way to tell who's right. But what that will do is it has the unfortunate effect of dissolving and destroying the structure that created itself in the first place. Huh. Because it'll say all the things that got me here, that's just one way of seeing it. Oh. And all the things that are getting people nowhere, that's just another way of seeing it. So it doesn't privilege what works over what doesn't work. Oh. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. It doesn't privilege what works over what doesn't work. So right. you could be doing something that doesn't work. But and and the, the morality of this level of thinking will say, no, you can't tell them they're wrong because that's hegemonic and oh, patriarchal. Right. And you can't tell them they're wrong, even if you are. Is that's, that's a perfect tie-in. What we were talking about earlier in California, everyone out here is at level six. And um, they all say, oh, you did great. Because they don't right. want to tell you, no, there's a structure you have to follow. Right. Every, anything is fine. You do you. Yeah, that's, it's such a bummer. And then because, you can't grow. Right. Because it dissolves what well, got be, them where they are. I think that the reason that, I, and I don't know if level six is better, but we don't, have enough, we don't have enough critical thought at this point right. to have Which is higher levels. Which is a separate but very important issue, yeah. But, I mean... You, I mean, you can't move on any level without critical thought, right? Because you're actually seeing yourself critically people, and comparing yourself to where you are. Some people believe that the destruction of critical thought is a moral virtue. De destroying it is good? Yes. Ah! Some, ah yeah, what? I know. Me too. But, but some people will say, if you, you know, if you analyze this idea for validity, then you are being, you are being um, unfair to that, people uh, who want to believe it. Oh, but that's saying that people who, that's saying like, hey, if you want to stick your head in the sand and not see anything, right. good well, on you. That's just Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, do it. That's the unfortunate side effect that I'm, that I'm complaining about. Uh, and just, uh, I want to be dumb, so I'm going to be dumb. I don't even know I'm being dumb. Yeah. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want my beliefs challenged. Um, but then I, how yeah. do you know? I mean, it's like the opposite of, in, in, in Judaism, they say, question everything. Question, 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 yes, re-question. That's that's, I've been doing that as long as I can remember. It, you always have to reprove. It's Arguments are great because it's you reproving what you believe in. And if, you're, if your beliefs can't stand up to debate, right. then you probably shouldn't have those beliefs. And people don't want their beliefs to have to be tested. They want to say, I believe this and don't, don't question me. Wow. See, I love it when people question faith. Yeah, because faith me stronger. is well, but faith is the whole thing in question. Like it's yeah. and and that's the thing that gets me about, you know, Christianity and the they just you just have to have faith. 
Yeah. And, the, and I read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and it's mm-hmm. the silliest book because he starts getting really philosophical mm-hmm. about what you know where christianity came from and what happened he keeps breaking it down and breaking it down and basically what he gets down to every time is that well all comes down to faith just have to believe it's true in some sense i agree with that but it doesn't it just doesn't apply everywhere right because you can't do so in a philosophical sense the the end of philosophy is religion because at some point you have to assume some kind of axiom to believe in because it it's that it is true that everything is relative and everything is subjective, but if you never move beyond that and just say, I'm going to take this to be true, you're just lost in the dead zone forever. Right. Because nothing is any more true than anything else, and then what do you do? Just get drunk right. until you die? Yeah, which is a lot where of you, fun. Where do you, it's so much fun for a minute. I know, I know, I know. I and know. then where do your values come from? You exactly. have to choose values. You have to know what you want. You have to know what you value. And the best way to do that is to know what works. Right. And we're not privileging that lately. Top top five values for you in your life. Oh, Top boy. five values. Gosh. Is that too hard? Um, let me see if I can make them up. Okay, good. So um, top five values. Okay, the number, my number one value is that um, the, ba- the basis of all life is improvement. Oh, wow. So. Oh. Yeah. So, all the right. The basis of all life is improvement. Yeah. We, I we love all, it. We all started out as fat globules floating in the ocean. And now we write poetry and fly to the moon. Sure, and sure. And we should be going higher, not lower. Right. We should be creating more health, not less. More intelligence, not less. Sure. Cleaner technology, not dirtier. Everything should right. be improving. Right. So if if something you're doing in your life is contributing to more downward than upward movement, cut it out. Right. So that's value number one. That's great. Um, value number two is... All right, it's got something to do with the way that people interact with each other. Maybe it's the golden rule. Maybe it's something like that. Value number two is I think that. God, how do I how do I put it? Because I've had a lot of trouble with this in my life. I'm writing a story about it currently. I'm going to be telling a story on stage um, in a couple weeks about how my sister pulled something on me that finally broke my ability to care about whether or not she was doing all right. <laughs> um. She, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give it away. No, but. no, it's, I, yeah, I don't, I don't talk, I haven't talked to my brother in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I just, I just, I don't do her any favors anymore because of this favor she asked me to do, and it went way over the top, and she just cut out everything she said she was going to do back for me. And um, so something I've done in my life is I've really put myself out there for people, but I used to do it when I couldn't afford to. Uh huh. So now I do it as much as I can afford to. Right, you don't, you don't overcommit. Right. I don't put what I don't do anymore because of my sister uh, and what she did was I don't put myself in a situation where someone who I'm giving the favor to has control over me. Interesting. So like, yeah, because you're the one helping them out. How right. do they have control over you? Well, in this particular situation, she did. Yeah. All right. So if I'm letting someone live with me or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that there's always a I can kick you out. Sure. Any time. There you go. So I have to have control over that. So there's a balance between. Um, giving the most that you can because it makes the world a better place, but don't give so much that you end up being weak. There's Wait, a, well, you can't give so much that, it, that it's detrimental to your own needs. Right. Yeah. There's a sign in a window. There's so many signs in a window in this shop, and it's it really kills me as I love this shop. They have so many cool, kitschy little things in it, like these tiny little speakers in an Altoids tin. <laughs> That's cool. It's so cool, yeah. <laughs> but I walk by the window, and they have all these messages that just really 
boil my blood. There's this one th sign that said it has all these, you know, extremely liberal values that some of them I agree with, and some of them are just... One of them says kindness is everything. It's not. It's half of everything. Sure. The other, the other half is knowing that sometimes people won't be kind to you, and you got to put up a wall. Right. Right. I always say it this way, that I don't have time to fight evil. I only have time to do good. Right. So I try not to focus on the enemies and the people, because there have been a lot of people that are like, well, what are you going to do about that? How are you going to fix that? And I'm like, I'm well, not going to focus on What them. about gonna... when evil makes its way into your life against your will and over your power? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. So do you fight it? You no, it? I, well, no, I don't ignore it. I do what I have to do to like... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For example, um, somebody who is I'm not I don't have I don't I know I have enemies I don't I don't I don't actively have enemy enemy feelings toward them but I know they do toward me mm -hmm. and they called the the ABC the alcohol beverage control board we used right. to we used to be we used to have we used to BYOB here right, right. and I didn't think that was a problem yeah. but um Turns out it's a big problem. <laughs> so I got ratted uh, out by an enemy, and then they came, and it was a big ordeal. Yeah. And I've had to go to court, and I've had to do these classes and everything. And now I am. I'm going to court, and I'm doing the classes, and I'm dealing with it. I'm not just going to ignore it and be like, we're still going to drink here. I'm like, the situation's being remedied. Right. But am I going to go, am I going to confront this person in any way? Am I going to, no. Mm -hmm. What, am I going to write anything on Facebook about it and be all uh, whiny and lame? No. I mean, what's the point? I, it takes too much energy to fight evil, you know? I'd just rather move on. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> there are situations where fighting is just too too much of a drain. Too I agree with you drain. there. So you've had, you have two precepts so far. So yeah, so number one, life should always be about improvement. Number two, um, do as much good as you can without killing yourself. Right. Uh, number three, I guess I would have to say, would be um, know yourself Know thyself. Know thyself. Okay, that's the, uh -huh. that's the precept. Um, I would I would add, um, know yourself in contrast to your surroundings, specifically right. in contrast, because it's so easy to say, oh yeah, I know who I am, and I love all these things that my society told me to love, and I never mm -hmm. really investigated whether they're coming from me or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say contrast yourself to everything around you. Right. And but so, that that implies that you have to be aware of your surroundings. Right. So you almost have to even have that as a precept to it, that yeah. you have to understand your surroundings yeah. in order to... Because some people don't even know. Yeah. They don't I even know. know where they are in space. They walk out of a door I into a, into a street with on their cell, staring at their cell phone. for Uber. Right. People walk across the street without even looking up. With the iPad with blocking the, their whole field right. of vision. Right. And, and it's not even a green light. It's a red, they, The red light is for them. And yeah. they'll just walk into oncoming traffic. And then they flip you off anyway. Right. And then they're mad at you yeah. because you, whatever. So be know your surroundings and then know who you are know in your contrast to your surroundings. Contrast yourself to them. Figure sure. out who you are right. based on where you are, what you're doing and how it works for you. Right. That I think is the best way to know how to do the first two things. Sure. Uh, you know, it's hard to be authentic yourself. if you don't know. It's, it's hard to be authentic if you don't know who you are. Right. Yeah. Right. Because so then you're just a parody of something that you saw on TV. That's, that's, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. and in, in the United States, we're the weirdest people because 
with with our consumerism, you can actually be anybody you want to be without being it. You can go to the store and become a skateboarder. Oh, yeah, you can buy you can, skateboarding. Right, you can be wear it. Right, you can you can buy that look. You, you can and, buy spirituality and wear that too. Exactly, exactly. You can, but but all of that. You can buy all of these different looks, so you can actually be in quotations seventeen different people. You yeah. know, you can you can buy this like rock climbing sporty or you can you can mm-hmm. you can buy into yoga you yep. can and so we allow instead of knowing who we are we allow ourselves to put on we buy multiple, our identities we, yeah. we buy multiple costumes and yeah. then we try those on and go well that's who i am that's who i am obviously because i bought it it was always so hard for me to understand that you you asked me earlier if i was on the spectrum i think that that's at the maybe the strongest evidence that I might be, is that I can't tell what people are communicating about themselves by what they wear because I don't communicate myself through my clothes. I wear wow. boring clothes. And I... Yeah, you're really smart. You're really, really smart. Well, thank you. So, yeah, like, you're like... But you say it's this communications that you're really good at communicating even though you say that you're not emotionally, yeah. but you seem to be doing a great job. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'll take that into consideration. Yay, Justin. Yeah. But, uh, so... No, back to the spectrum. Yeah, so it's it's hard for me to know how to talk to people based on how they present themselves. Hmm. So based on who's in a who is in a room and what age they are and what kind of clothes they're wearing and what kind of car they drive, I'll say something to them that someone will say, "You can't say that to them, <laughs> obviously," and I'll say, "What? It's just true." It's right, fact. right. Yeah, and, it, and there should have been signs. Well. It- <sighs> But that's almost saying like, well, stereotype people based on the way they look. Like I, but I know, like it if I see these certain, lot. like the Marina girls, you know, and they're there's certain way they talk, and they're all like, did you go to yoga? I oh, I had the most fun Uber ride once with a Marina girl, and I was telling her that she sort of looked and acted like a Marina girl. She was saying, oh, the Marina girls, and I was like, how are you? Not how one? are you not? Yeah. And she said, I'm no, I'm not like. She's them. like, and I, I don't go to Soul Cycle on Tuesdays. Yeah. That's when they all go. That's when the girl, when the Marina girls go. I go on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> and I pointed out all these things about her, and she just had like the self-discovery in the car, and she said, "Well, I'm gonna think about that." Wow. Yeah. You pointed out. Well, it's like sometimes it works. Sometimes I help people. When a bro, bros know that they're bros. Like, do they? Jo- jo- well, Joey Avery is a comedian you'll meet eventually, but okay. he's a super bro, and he knows he's a bro. But that's difference. As comedians, I think we have a we yeah. have a, a different layer of if of you perspective. know your faults, they're so much more forgivable. Right. Which is why I'm a bro, bro. Yeah, it's just what I do. Now you know that. Come at, come at me, bro. Yeah, handle so, me. So, how do you think that you can make? If you you you've already recognized it that you're saying that it's hard for you to figure out who people are by the way they present themselves. Can't you just make yourself more in tuned to the way that they're presenting themselves? And Maybe then, there's there is it's almost it. It's it's almost like a disability because I will see something. And I'll know in one part of my mind what it signifies, uh-huh. but it just doesn't make it over to the part of my mind that formulates the words that come out of my mouth. Really? Yeah. So Interesting. I'll, I'll kind of feel like, okay, this person is someone who would definitely not laugh at this joke because it's really, they probably are very sensitive about it. Huh. But I tell them anyway, because I sort of expect them to see it my way. Right. And it in the mo like I can think about it right now because I'm focusing on it. But in the sure. moment, I just kind of feel like I feel this way. Why won't they get how I feel? And I don't sure. make the effort to reach out to them. And then they just go, "Well, that's very offensive." And I go, "I knew that somewhere. Right. I knew they'd think that somewhere." Yeah. Well, you got to use that on stage because I have so many 
like wildly offensive jokes and things yeah. that I didn't I don't think and it's 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 hard when I host because I'm just sort of riffing and talking and I say terrible things. people are eating food and I'll start talking about hemorrhoids like yeah. that's how inappropriate yeah. like my and some of my humor comes from its inappropriateness in mm-hmm. certain social context and I I get to sort of rile against that and all the time I, I call myself the accidental racist Yeah, I say things <laughs> and I'm like that was really that could be construed as very racist I told a story with a <laughs> racial element to it that did not get a good reaction and then I took it out and people loved it it was just a story about like a hookup but race had something to do with it right and i said that and everyone was horrified and then i told it without that element everyone loved it yeah there you go yeah so it's just a matter of i still don't totally get why all i know is that one way it works and one way it doesn't so and i've done this i have a joke where i have multiple punchlines to it and i do both of them and i say Mm -hmm. uh how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb uh-huh. Hold on, let me knock my dick out of this feminist mouth and we'll ask her. Right. And then if I, sometimes I get a really good response and sometimes I don't. Uh-huh. People go, oh, and I go, okay, okay, I've got the other punchline. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh-huh. Cats, 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 cats. <laughs> that's, so, that's not the one I was expecting. I have a third one. Right, a third okay, one? yeah, yeah, yeah. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Nothing. Fem- none. Feminists can't change anything. <laughs> Except their tampon, am I right? Yeah. Oh, high five on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. Feminists can't change anything. Yeah, that's great. So I could do it as three. That would be better. Yeah. Is that like a, did you just make that punchline up? No, I heard that on the internet. Oh, you heard it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. The other two, I I made up those uh, punchlines. So I I don't want to steal them from the internet, but that that can't change anything. would be funny. And it would be fun to (laughs) high five. I need to high five someone in the audience after the, after the knock the the dick out of the feminist mouth. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That would work. I'd be like, am I right, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, working on adding physical comedy to mine. I'm gonna, I'm sure. gonna, um, I have a, a a piece I'm planning coming up where I have to mime nodding out. You know. Oh, about, that's fun. Yeah. You know, a little acting. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm gonna see if that works. I think it. I don't know. I think it worked the last time I did it. When's the next time you're storytelling? Uh, uh you said in a couple so, weeks you're working yeah, on it. A week and a half. I'm gonna have an opportunity to get on stage. That's a name in the hat. That's the show's called A Name in the Hat. No, it's called Story Slam Oakland, and it takes place Story at the uh, the layover. Oh, the layover Oakland. is great. The layover is great. It's I love the layover. Room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a comedy show Tuesday nights booked by Mark Mike Spiegelman. Yeah, yeah, I haven't and it's, made it out to that yet. It's uh, it's good. He's that's real close to where I live. Yeah. So that's going to be a week and a half. That's going to be what? A, on Saturday. On yeah, a week. Oh, it's Saturday night. A week from Look Saturday. At you. Saturday evening. How much are tickets? Uh, it's free. Oh, it's free! Yeah, it's free because the show brings in business early, so people oh, will show up at six and buy drinks. Oh, perfect! Yeah, yeah, and they have great drinks, reasonably priced. Yeah, they're lovely people. That's yeah, a great spot. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be Saturday the twelfth. I think so. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, I have calendar man. Cool. Uh, Saturday the twelfth at six o'clock at the Layover Guys in Oakland. You can see Justin. You can see me put my name in the hat I... and maybe tell a story. Oh, so it's a name in the hat thing. I right. see. Yeah. And I got to remember how to pronounce your name. Carisi. Carisi. What is the what's the derivation of that? Where is that from? I think it's from Tuscany. It's definitely Italian. You're I Italian. think it's from Tuscany. Yeah. Get I'm half Italian. Right on. Half Polish. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. I learned why. Um, just the other day, because I said, well, this, well, we'll end with this because it's, it's been an hour. Um, okay. And you've been amazing, by the way. Well, I'm going to have to have you back. I only got to three of my values. Oh, I'd love to come back. This uh, is fun. Because this is, you're like, you have 
a lot to say. Like yeah. people, you're and you're well versed. You're intelligent about your philosophy. Like you've thought about it. You've studied I've spent it. It's a lot it's of time real. thinking about philosophy instead of working. <laughs> <laughs> but it is working. Thinking is important. Yeah, but who's gonna pay me? No, I know, I know. Remember back in the day when people just said, "You need to be part of a think tank." Yeah, I know. You should probably. You should. They should really get you in a think tank. I hope someone's listening. Yeah, if you're listening out there, Justin. Yes, I'm the only Justin Carisi in the world. It's easy to find me. Please give you're me money. You're the only one in the world. Yeah, there's only 25 living Carisis, and one of them's a race car driver. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. You see, you are you are unique. Um, <laughs> I I, like I was so. and then I and the and the train just left the station. I don't remember what I was gonna. Oh, we were wrapping say. up. It was the end of the hour. Was and right? I was gonna say one more thing, and I don't remember what it was. Believe religion. Some call me Tim. I don't remember. Yeah, it's all right. Look, it just fell out. Comedy <sighs> stories. Comedy. The layover. The layover. I do that all the time. This is kind of it's kind of fun to just sort of watch it come back. Right. I know. I'm like, <laughs> will it come back? Can it come back? Yeah. I don't. I, I only got know. to three of my five. Oh values. right, we yeah. Finish up, other, finish up your values. Two. Finish up your two values. Yeah. I, well, I'm still on my feet with this one. Um, what did I say already? You have. Uh, life always gets better. Life always gets always. Yeah, do improves. as much good as you can without killing yourself. Right. Uh, and then know yourself in con in, in contrast to everything else. Um, geez, I don't know. What's the, what, what? What could I say? I haven't encompassed in that. One thing that I've always found really valuable for myself is just getting away from the way that everything works. I refer to myself as a bohemian a lot, which I think is really pretentious. <laughs> but I also can't find a better word for it because I live just on the fringes of society. Sure. Just so that I can be critical of it, so that I don't get too wrapped up in it, so that my sense of identity and where my money comes from is not really tied too much to what people think of me or what I think of them or how I get along with them. Right. And that's, you know, that's where I come up with all this stuff that people find so interesting so that I can collect all these thoughts that are different and that, you know, right. they're sort of meta perspective. Do some of that. I think that would be my fourth value. Do at least some of it. Do some. Don't do none of it. Don't live a life where every second of your life is just responding to your surroundings. Right. That's. Don't, yeah, you, you, being living in the moment is good, but you have if to you can be able choose to. Right, you have to, but you have to be able to take yourself in and out because you yeah. have to. You have to look at if you were constantly in the moment, you would never be able to look at your own behavior from an outside right. perspective, you, and which is critical. Because yeah. you have to see, you have to see the past. You can't always be in the present. Mm -hmm. You have to dream about the future so that you know what you want and yeah. you have to look at the past so that you know the mistakes you've made and you can make things better yeah we have the we have power over time if we choose to have power over time Ooh, that's a good precept yeah i guess that'll be number five there, there you go <laughs> we have power over time if, if we, you have if you choose to if you choose to have otherwise power over time. it has power over you and it'll drag you along right and then you get scared and then there's debt and then you're looking at the huh. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh so i do remember it's the lift oh, it's the um so you, do you work as little as possible? Right now I do. So I decided to take the entire summer off. Oh my God, you're so, that's so amazing. Yeah, last year I made so much money with Uber. They had this bonus, I was making 40 bucks an hour. And I just, I my living expenses are 1600 bucks a month. Wow, you're like me. I have really low overhead yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So I just collected all this money and I've been living on stored fat. 
and it's going away so slow. I might add another month onto my summer. Because you don't, you don't drink, October. do you? You don't drink. I a little, but when I do, I usually try to keep it at home. Right. So I have like a a, a handle of gin, and I'll right. mix that with some orange juice, but right. only once in a while. So fifty bucks on a handle of like uh, Tanqueray. Yeah. Lasts me six months. Sure it does. Yeah. Wow, you keep your overhead that low. I do too, I but I like low. to I like to drink at bars. So yeah, the money I that, that I spend is usually the only money I spend is going out to dinner, which is very very rare. Yeah. And being in bars, which is very, very common. Yeah. So, but being so, yeah. a comedian, you can drink for free sometimes. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I, I love those benefits. So yeah, uh, uh, working as little as possible. I worked a lot at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then I got a writing gig. And um, I haven't been working since mid-June. Wow. So about a month and a half. I've been just at home writing, oh, writing stories and comedy. that's so great. Got about 12 pages of jokes that I'm getting ready to... Wow. Turn into material. Well, you just, here, if I have any advice for you, you just need to start doing it. Just start know, doing yeah. as many open mics as you can. Well, I got to memorize that it's hard for me to get on stage and know what I'm going to say. Well, and I that's the thing, the though, is that and, yeah. you're already twice as professional as people bring their notebooks up all the time. I, I don't, don't want to do that. I see people do I don't, that. I don't I just, do it. I don't want it. I don't want the crutch. I, I always Good for myself. you. Justin, you're so rad. How old are you? 33. Oh my God, it's your Jesus year. You've already have everything figured out and it's your Jesus year. <laughs> I don't have, I don't even have my basic income figured out. I'm yes, living, you do. I'm living on stored fat that was a fluke. But for, you can lift or Uber whenever you want. Yeah, but it's not as much, it doesn't pay as much as it used to. It's not oh. 40 bucks an hour anymore. It's more like, 21. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot harder than it used to be. So I'm looking at I might need a full-time job soon. Right. Or not. You seem to be you seem Soon-ish. to have it figured out. Soon-ish. Like, yeah. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. And you don't have a girlfriend because otherwise you'd have something to spend your money on. Uh yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say there's because usually that's where all the extra money goes to. Yes, it's well, decision. ladies out there, Justin Carisi, smart. Good looking, yeah, funny, uh huh, more single. What else? Yeah, like well, no, but you. I mean, the the intelligence the is 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 pretty mind blowing. So thank you. Yeah, I love that. So hopefully all the ladies. This gets like over eleven thousand downloads a month. So hopefully awesome. all the ladies are listening, hopefully. and you're gonna find him on Facebook and see him. It's not next, hard to find me. Yeah. Not hard, and you can see him Saturday the twelfth at the layover in Oakland doing storytelling at six o'clock go out there thank you so much for being here I'm gonna have to reschedule you because you're like we didn't even get into Nietzsche we didn't even we didn't even get into Nietzsche we didn't even get into yeah yeah, I mean our toe like all the philosophers that I know we gotta get into that stuff we should because I'm I I never get anyone who I've never thrown out the name Piaget to anybody except teachers and that got it it. yeah because only like people who've done child development would be like oh of course now you gotta know Piaget it's everyone's problem. Right. It's critical. It's critical, but there's no more critical thought in America. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk about it right. next time. We will. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is me. Some Call Me Tim. We're going to play some Pervert Fervor for the second hour and be back next week. I don't know who the guest is because I've forgotten. Uh, but hey, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.